You're very welcome along to the Brian and Kieran Warfield podcast, the ramblings of two Irish balladeers, featuring Brian Warfield of the fierce and mighty Wolf Tones and his son Kieran, that's me, of the band Catalpa and also of the bandwagon bus Dublin's only musical ballad tour on wheels. So sit back, relax, grab a tea, coffee, beer or wine or whatever takes your fancy as we go rambling through life's misty foggy dew, through stories, songs, history, politics, life on the road and just a general bit of crack. Fighting for 
The Dying Rebel, that's uh, from the Wolf Tones Up the Rebels album from 1966, the third song. So that makes it our 18th official. <laughs> well, it takes me back to Eamon and his studios again uh, when we recorded that in uh, Henry Street. And uh, it was up, uh, up on the second floor over one of the shops there. But uh, yeah, it was a very primitive um former studio because like uh, the way things have progressed since then it was a, a two track machine and uh, they didn't have stereo of course and uh, you have to you have to record uh, the, the main backing or whatever or the main the main group or the main singer or whatever and then dub everything on to- over it and that's the way it worked so if anyone made a mistake I tell you they had to be eaten off them. To be killings. <laughs> to be mothers. And in between, in between that, we went down. We had a, we we'd have a couple of pints and then back up again and then back down for a pint. Uh, the pints always make you sound better. <laughs> that's for sure. So that's was, what, that's what always... I missed on Saturday or fri- Friday when I did the charity gig down in in the Scientologist's place. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you get on with them? <laughs> well, it was all grand. They're nice people, of course. They, you know. Um, they they fucked up my uh, third song. They they lost my voice on the on the third song. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, but they have a great setup down there, um, and I thought it might have been me that I'd done something like because I had plugged in my own gear, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of COVID and all that, yeah. The band before us pulled out of there, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought I had done something, so I was kicking yeah. myself, you know. And then the band came on after us, and then they lost their banjo from the same DI box. So I was like vindicated. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt sorry for the fella on Not the banjo. Not my fault, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. But the fella on the banjo, uh, Dave Whelan, I think his name is from Atai. He has a music store down in Atai, or a uh, music school, sorry. Jesus, he's some banjo player, guitar player. So the banjo stopped playing, so he picked up this guitar, and he and he was just playing it like a banjo. It was just incredible. Like, yeah, you know, just, yeah. Um, but brilliant. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to some of the other bands. Uh, yeah. A couple of the bands had recorded, pre-recorded, like, you know, so yeah. they were lucky. Uh, the next time anyone asked me to do something like that, I'm pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was enjoyable. I listened to uh, The Invincibles were on, Paul Stone and The Invincibles. And then uh, I was listening to Russ D and Dave Whelan. They were brilliant. And then... Um, I also listened to uh, a bit of All Fucked Up. So enjoyed it. It was nice. Well, it's great talent around Ireland. And, and you know, it's great to see that the, the ballot scene is uh, is as popular as ever uh, around the country. And uh, 
and there's great bands and you just don't get the breaks that uh, they should get. It's definitely a folk revival, a folk ballad revival like out there, like, you know, yeah, I think. Is, yeah, 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 there is. Lovely to see and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it all stems back uh, 50 odd years, 57 years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for our little start. Of course, you led the way. You uh, were the pioneers. We had to, we had to make our own venues, you know, to, uh, to, uh, um, because nobody wanted, you know, to do music in their places. Um, when we went to the four courts and other hotels around, you know, they were reluctant at first, to, you know, to do it. They didn't know the ins out of it. And then when we, had a couple of great successes. Everybody wanted to do it, you know. So, like, it's, it just became a big boom after that. Any fellow that could play three cards and a guitar was a ballad singer. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Um, but the place down there, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. It holds 2,000 seats. Uh, and I do think there's not a bad seat in the house, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's... I've done acoustic, you know, perfect acoustics and stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. But, uh, yeah, someplace. That's where they hold their meetings, yeah? No, well, they run, they do gigs for everybody. Like, it's not yeah. just for... It's a proper concert Scientologists, yeah, yeah. They, they rent it out and they do run gigs from it. They, yeah, yeah. They had the whole, you, you, the chap I was talking to, the whole of 2021, they had booked out, completely booked out. Really? Uh, unfortunately, then covid Denied them that, yeah, uh, yeah. so that's when they thought of doing something else, like one of the Stephen Leeson show, uh, where Stephen yeah. just goes in and presents. And uh, the High Kings use it quite regularly, apparently. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. so it's a good good venue. It's only down the road. It's right opposite uh, the Speaker Conley, which is even better. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, and they don't sell drink in there, do they? They don't sell drink. No, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no good for your crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Good for any crowd. <laughs> Although you don't have then no beer, no No beer, no, no vat, is it? No, what's it? Uh yeah, no beer, no vat. Yeah, yeah there yeah, you go. Yeah. You see. I think that's why Christy Moore never had a I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bar open. Yeah, I don't like anybody drinking because I don't drink and it's not <laughs> If I don't drink, nobody drinks. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 actually he's saving vat. Yeah, but it's you're saving vat. You don't <laughs> yeah. pay any vat. Because yeah. it's cabaret, is that what is that was class? No, it's it's uh, No cabaret you pay vat and Yeah, but, uh, no, no, once is once is drink sold. Yeah. Uh, it has to be sold within the premises, like it's not like like a concert hall when you when you um, in, a, in a concert hall if you serve drink outside the concert uh, area it's okay, mm. but if you sell it inside where the concert is held, um, I mean people bring their drinks in, but they, they you can't buy them within the the premises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's that's the, the rule. Another one of those stupid rules. Yeah. Well, some of, that's the thing. Some of our licensing laws goes back to archaic times, like back to, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's, rid- yeah. it's ridiculous. Like this whole thing now having to change the rules for outdoor drinking, like, you know, for car parks, people putting, yeah, putting seats in car outside, parks. And stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Well, there's no end to Big Brother, is there? No, well, I, I, t- I, I was in Blessington on Saturday. Yeah, I went up to meet Gary. And, uh, we were outside, inside bar, and I had done a great job of it up there in Murphy's Bar. Jeez, it was, it was 
great mm. just to be back to normal, like, you know, yeah, just sitting. Yeah. And, I feel and, you're normal. Yeah. Though, yeah, and it felt like crack as well. Like, it was good crack. The weather was good. But they have a beautiful marquee up there and a lovely lane full of... We were out the back, TV, watching the football, like, you know. Yeah, and the pints, great, yeah. the pints of Guinness were gorgeous as well, which helped. Yeah. You know, I had one. Where did I have one? Oh, yeah, I had one uh, over in London. <laughs> and uh, I had one there, and... Uh, it was just so good. Uh, yeah. Taste is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, normally, the English Guinness wouldn't be as nice as the Irish one, but it was every bit as nice. I think, uh, general, like it once it's well preserved, you know the I think people look after the lines. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. standardise yeah. it now. At this like stage. The, I don't think it's pasteurised the way it used to be now for yeah. travel because it's so. Well, I, I know a lot of uh, publicans over in England. They they get their. Supply directly from Ireland. Yeah, sure. So, well, so, so they with get Brexit it. now, they mightn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah, probably. But they used to I'd get say they find it harder. Like it's yeah. it's hard to get stuff from the UK now. Like even posting CDs over to the UK is I have to you have to declare everything, everything in the package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas before you just stick it in an envelope, post it off, and no one would say nothing. To yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's all the red tape that comes along with uh, I don't everything. Think you're Brexit through properly, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, was, well, we're very silly, I thought. It's to, affecting us, though. It's affecting the cost of building over here. Like, the building materials are gone yeah, scarce yeah, and hard yeah. to get, you know. So it's going to affect people's livelihoods if that keeps going. So something needs to come to... And uh, the prices uh, of houses, which yeah. has gone through the roof. I was listening to uh, Pat Kenny the other day, and he said... Uh, you don't listen to Pat Kenny. Yeah, I do. Jesus I do. Christ, what's wrong and, with you? And he <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's good. He but... Uh, Never plays the Wolf Towns though. No, he never plays. He's bad taste of music. So, what comes around goes around. <laughs> I, any, I can't listen to him. Yeah, Sorry. but anyhow, um, he, was, he was saying, where's the pint now? It's gone. <laughs> Not that kind of a pint. No. But uh, yeah. About the houses. He was saying, yeah, that the houses are going up by 500 euro a week in Dublin. Jeez, I may put mine Fi- back in the market. 500 <laughs> a week. So that means every time you hold on to your house, you're making 500 quid. Jesus. You did only mean I for saw, every week. I saw mine back in, in January. I might get it back on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm it, holding off till I find somewhere else. Yeah, well, you hold on because it's still going up. It's going yeah. crazy. But that's the problem. I can't find anywhere because everything else is going yeah, up. Yeah, everyone stupid. else is going like up. Yeah. Stupid money for s- small little kippy houses. That yeah, are. yeah, exactly, yeah. Anyway, back to the Dying Rebel because we n- never really got to talk about the Dying Rebel and we normally discuss the song. So um, it's a song that I love. Uh, yeah, I love it too. Um, uh, it's a song that sort of doesn't name anybody in it, but it, you know, like most of the 1916 yeah, yeah. songs, but it, it does reflect on the the loss of the rebellion to people, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was doing a bit of to see who first recorded it and it wasn't you guys. The first official recording of it was 1961 by Patricia Blake. Did you hear Patricia Blake? No. No, I can see by the <laughs> the vacant look in your eye there that you never, didn't. Never heard of her. <laughs> and Patricia was on Glenside uh, label. Do you remember so the Glenside? Yeah, that's Walton's. Walton's, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking yeah, that. I wasn't yeah. sure, but I was waiting for you to. That was Walton's, yeah. And then in 1966, just before you released it, Tommy Drennan and the Monarchs released it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And then yeah, Dominic. We, we, we would have had. Um, we would have been in the studio at that stage, anyhow, like. Yeah. Because like, we were, we were recording that 65. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So you only released it in yeah, 66. By yeah. the time it got to London yeah. and got to 
Dominic Bean recorded it for the 1966 TV documentary Rebellion at Easter. Do you yeah. remember that, that documentary? No, I don't. No. That girl you spoke about that you said was a lovely singer that went to America. What was her name? Um, Mabel Vanny. Yeah. She was in that as well. Yeah, in yeah, that, yeah. In that TV documentary. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, it was a great song. Like I, I put it into our 1916 commemoration in uh, City West. And uh, I did a whole new arrangement of it, and Tommy sang it once again. Mm. Great song and a, a great story. There were some great stories that came out in 1960, and all great songs. Yeah. It's a yeah. song that goes down great in Cork. I know, because it's just at the end, it mentions, God bless my home in dear Cork, Cork City. City. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why not the Rebel County? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you were in London. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. I was over there um, on business, yeah. you know, trying to get gigs right. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get bars. Now we have two nights. Um, we have two nights in the uh, London Irish Centre. Are you trying to sort your man out? The health minister out trying to get. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to sort out Boris Johnson, but no whole. What's his name? What's the health minister that was having the affair? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Cummins is it? Cummins, uh, Dominic Cummins. Cummins. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah he, right. but anyhow, I tried to. I bought a comb for Boris, and uh, he said he doesn't use them. But I think he goes to the hairstylist to get it done like that. So, so it looks tossed, but it's really, really designer tossed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just a wig, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's designer because he has. He has a. What do you call His dad it? has a lot of hair, actually. Hairspray. He has hairspray in it because it doesn't move in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad has a lot of hair yeah. as well, so maybe that's... Uh... Yeah, but I didn't know I didn't know that Boris Johnson was a Catholic. And uh, he got married uh, lately in a Catholic church, Westminster. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Not that yeah. it makes any difference, yeah. really, does it? No, but uh, I never knew that because, uh, like, there hasn't been many, if any, prime ministers, Catholic prime ministers... Uh, you know, throughout the years. Yeah. No, probably not. But yeah, probably you had to be you had to be church, uh, the church established church uh, Protestant. Yeah. You know to take that fight, but obviously, you know, it's such a Brit accent that he got away with it. <laughs> but his dad was in politics, wasn't it? His, was I, don't, I don't know much about it. I remember him on that bloody show. What's that uh, show? Get me out of here. I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. You watch that? Yeah. So you listen to Pat Kenny uh, and no, you watch that? But <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'm... You're losing all credibility here, Dad. <laughs> sometimes I'm, uh, I'm, I'm made to watch it because June wants to watch it. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, well, that's your excuse. Yeah, you're sticking yeah. to it, yeah. No, shite. <laughs> Next of all, you'll be telling me you watch a Coronation Street. Uh, no, I never did. Oh, we're just the last finna- time I watched Coronation Street, Enid Sharples was in it. Who the fuck is Enid Sharples? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ask any old lad and old lady there oh, to tell it. you who Enid Sharples is. wouldn't have a clue. She was a, big, one, one, a character in Coronation Street with bags under her eyes. All right. The only one I used to love was, uh, uh, what's his name, Les Battersby. I used to think he was f- funny. I, did, I didn't know him, though. No. He was just a real character like with a crack yeah as I used to when I worked in the British they used to have make you put the Coronation Street on and, uh, uh, in the pub you know in the bar so because the, the women would come in after work with their, their, their husbands and they'd say 
put on Coronation Street there just to keep them there for another half hour or whatever. <laughs> so, so anything just to get to stay in the pub for a little bit more. There you go. That was the play I never had to do. <laughs> so uh, there, a couple of weeks ago now, I was uh, I was up in Newgrange and I did uh, Nout as well. And I have to say I was more impressed with Nout. Uh, have you ever been to the Nout site? I have. Uh, yeah. I've been to the mall, in fact, and... Um, you know, when we we uh, we made our video there ages ago for the 25th anniversary it was, and uh, we went up to Newgrange, and at the time they had no, like, uh, exhibition centre and yeah, all that. And yeah. It was used, just, you could used walk to paint in. the shed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah, going just, up and just painting the shed. You just get over yeah, the wall and, yeah. and up there and, you well, know. I, I paid at the shed, Dad. don't tell me you jumped yeah, over you the wall. Yeah, paid, you paid at the shed. <laughs> it wasn't much anyhow, and... Uh, you know, it's the board of works that uh, had it there, and you could ramble around to your heart's content. But they hadn't, they hadn't exposed all the, uh, they hadn't exposed all notes at that stage. Yeah, and uh, it's um, well, that isn't really exposed as such. Highlighted the stones. Yeah, what? Well, I think what they did more so was protect the stones. They've made little um, a ledge over a ledge over and yeah, protect yeah. them from the wind and rain. Yeah, rain. Yeah. But. Um, we were up there, but uh, years ago, um, my first encounter with uh, what Newgrange was all about was uh, a book by Martin Brennan. Mm-hmm. And he wrote two books about uh, the Byron Valley. And he had very interesting ideas about, uh, you know, about what Newgrange was. And uh, he he named all the stones. He has computer stones. He had... Um, he had uh, he went down you know where the 19 cycles of the of the moon uh, every 19 years the the moon has a different cycle so he had that uh, all uh, figured out as part of the new grange complex so in other words they were using it as um, a map for not alone the sun and the solstice but for the uh, rotations of the moons through the years and uh, obviously they had um, they had uh, calculated everything at that stage, and that's a remarkable thing to do because, like you're going back like uh, five thousand years ago, mm. and uh, they they were they were ahead of their times. They also, the fact that you know the druids had a, a wand, what they call the, the magic wand nowadays, whatever, but he had a he had a staff. Mm-hmm. And the staff was roughly about a metre long or a, or a yard long, a metre long. And uh, for that, they had little cups uh, made into the into the rock and they stuck the rod into the cup in the rock. And when the sun would shine at a particular time, it would give information about uh, the time of the year, the time of the sun, the time of the moon, uh, the settings of the stars. So he done a second book, which is uh, he called um, "The Stars and the Stones," which was another uh, great, interesting theory. But um, a lot of the archaeologists don't like these type of thinkers uh, mm. because they 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 look at it differently and uh, they're trying to rubbish his um, his theories, which they uh, you know they said I think they banned them from. Uh, Going there at one stage, right? But he went down to all the sites uh, uh, all around Ireland, and there's many of them. And uh, 
he he took all the stone markings and you know figured them out and everything so it's a marvelous book two books and uh, i think he was ahead of his time because now only some some of the theories that he had are coming to light yeah and some of the stone markings down there are just wonderful to look at like you know it's yeah, just yeah, I, yeah. I was actually just just thinking about you know the the, the even the like in Nout, they have a stone at the front passage and a stone at the back passage and the stone on the front pa- pa- passage i think lets in the sun on the um winter solstice and the one on the front is, is the summer sauces. Yeah, marvellous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, just to be able to line them up, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, incredible. That's the thing, yeah. And then uh, you've all the, what I liked about Nels was that you've all the other little mounds around. Around you us, know, yeah, So yeah. You, you had the, uh, what, what they reckon was that the, the big chiefs were in the, the big mound, obviously, yeah. and then the poppers around. But I've seen this little one where it's <laughs> a tiny little, so some fella must have been really poor. And the, the man, or either that or it was his dog or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, but, or it could have been a baby, of course. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but they're, they're not headstones. As such, no, no, but they're just, they're, yeah. they were burial chambers. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, that's what they reckon. That's what well, the girl told us. Yeah, there. there's many theories. Like, according um, to um, Martin, um, he, he, um, he reckoned that it was kind of a university where uh, you know the Druids went to train in their craft, mm. and uh, he reckoned that with the with the yardstick and uh, and the thing that uh, and some of the markings there, they reckoned that the world was round mm. because of the way uh, they set up certain things. So um, also all the quartz stone that's in that's in uh, Newgrange mm. is uh, they put it on the floor in notes rather than put it on the the facing. Right. So I don't know whether who was right, whether Professor O'Kelly was right, or I don't know who uh, the professor was in uh, notes, but he he did Newgrange. But it's obviously the way he done it, it was right, I thought. Yeah. Because it looks like, a, you know, for that opening, that the quartz stone looking out, it really enhances the look and makes it more spectacular. Yeah. But at one stage, they reckon that the whole the whole mound at Newgrange was covered in quartz stone. Yeah, and uh, that over the years, you know, people robbed the quartz stone yeah. and um, used it for building or chimneys or whatever they could use it for. It's a decorative, wonderful white uh, yeah. facade on Newgrange. Yeah, they reckoned it was forty three foot high. I, I think it's probably higher. It's higher than me, anyhow. Forty three. That, oh, 43. That, that would be higher than you, that. <laughs> I thought you said three. I missed the 40 no, part. 43 foot high and yeah. 85 metres in diameter. Yeah, imagine that but all. She, yeah, the girl that we spoke to said that the wall would have been went straight up, like, you know, even at the front, you know, the way yeah, they've yeah, done yeah, Newgrange, yeah, you have that yeah. white quartzy look in the front. She said yeah. well, that would have went the whole way around, but would have been 43 yeah, they, foot high. Martin uh, Brennan said that, uh, yeah, it was it covered the whole mound. So, and at the top of the mound, then there was a. Uh, a big granite uh, spike sticking up like uh, the one in the hill of Tara. Mm. And uh, they, they have some, he had some uh, like a uh, pencil drawing from 16 or 1700 something uh, that showed that. But obviously, you know, farmers around and people around 
uh, were taking the stone for building materials. Yeah, because they didn't know what they were taking. Yeah. They, you know, there wasn't that that uh, old thing about protecting structures back then. Yeah, know. well, you know, and the British were, you know, in control of Ireland since you know the since the, probably the the seventeenth century yeah. when they really consolidated. Well, probably from King Henry's time, Henry the Eighth. But you know, and then you know they devastated the country, so. There was little um, appetite in Ireland for preserving um, the yeah for the history, conserving yeah. the history, yeah. but uh, thank God that's all gone, and now we can look after ourselves. Yeah. Another one of the chap that was uh, sort of just because it's COVID, like there was only twelve people allowed down. Oh, into the chamber, yeah. No, we weren't allowed into the chamber. No, no one well, allowed. No, 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 no. I was in there. Yeah. Uh, no, I was in last time. I was up. But yeah. you see, because OPW, oh, yeah, everything yeah. is free at the uh, moment yeah. because it's COVID. So people, yeah. if you haven't, go on the OPW site and you can get into all the things around Ireland for free at the moment. Thing is, there's a lot of... Listen to that, I didn't know it. Yeah. If it's free, it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, though, people are booking it online and they're not turning up. So there was only eight people on our bus instead oh, of 12. Yeah, so four yeah. people didn't turn up, which is terrible, like, because... Other people are going online yeah, and not to get yeah, in. So, sold so it's very selfish. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so we had plenty of time to walk around the site and the view from on top of now is just mm. unbelievable. You can see right over to the hill of Slane, which is another important site yes, over there. Yeah, yeah. And you can see down to Tully Allen and all the way over. Yeah. To, it's incredible. But he was saying that they found post holes a mile outside of uh, Newgrange site now to Ukraine, the whole way around. It was, so it was ringed the whole way around by by posts uh, protected. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's yeah. incredible, like a mile yeah. around uh, all of uh, oak trees. Yeah, yeah. Like, like imagine the work that went into that. Yeah, amazing though. It is an amazing structure and, uh, you know, very, you should be very proud of it. But the other thing that, um, when I was reading like uh, Geraldus Cambrensis, uh, his his uh, story in Ireland when he came over as um, he was came over King John, and uh, he goes down and he mentions the dancing stones of Kildare, which are no longer there. But he said they were taken across to England, uh, and they were re-erected in um, Stonehenge, and. Uh, that's true. That so he wrote that he wrote that book um, in uh, the twelfth century. Yeah. So uh, the passage, the passage. I'll, I'll read it out for you next next week. Next week. So do you reckon that Stonehenge is from Kildare? Stonehenge is the dancing stones of Kildare, according oh. to Cambrensis. Uh, but you got to understand that. Um, there's only two things he recognises the Irish for. He tried to demonise the Irish people to um, in order to justify the invasion. Yeah. But um, the other thing he mentions is that uh, he said, you know, the Irish didn't excel at much except in, the, the, in, the, in music. Yeah. And he said the music is like something he never heard before in his life. He's going to... He's gone to the continent, France, Germany, all around the place, but he never heard music like it. And he said uh, they were played the harp, um, and he listened to their harp music, and he said it's like a melody within a melody. And he was absolutely fascinated. He said nobody 
excels better at music than the Irish. Nobody in Europe. So that was a great compliment coming to from a person who believed that uh, the Irish had tails. <laughs> tails? <laughs> tails, yeah, 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 yeah. He was trying to demonise. Oh, right, so yeah, as to, in and this is basically, devil tails. Yeah, basically it would have been for an English audience. Yeah. So, so that like people would be saying, oh, yeah, uh, it's a good job we went over there to civilise those people, you know? Yeah. And uh, instead of that, Ireland had civilised England. Yeah. And taught them how to read and to write and everything else, but and taught the music, so um, and taught the, the Welsh music and brought music to Scotland because of uh, the Irish people that settled there. Yeah. So uh, you know it was, and he, he says that in a, in his book he says the the Welsh owe their knowledge of music to Ireland, um, and the Scottish owe their knowledge of Ireland to the people who went there, the right. Scots. As you know, that the uh, Irish were known as Scots back then. They weren't known as Irish. They were known as Scots. And Scotland was known as Alba. And the Scottish people up there who were came from Ireland were known as the Upper Scots. Right. So a lot of people don't understand where the Scots came from. Right. They came from Ireland. Right, okay. <laughs> so all Scottish people are Irish people. The people who are genuine Scottish are Irish, Irish yeah, Irish, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Sc- Scottish. Not, not the planters. Not, uh, not the lowlander Scotch, yeah. no, no, they're not. Uh, yeah, all the Max and all the, um, you know, all the clans of of, um, of the west of Scotland would be all either Irish or Norse. Very good. And while we're speaking of Scotland, that you reminded me, I promised someone that I'd... Uh, do a shout out to them for a charity thing that they're doing. Uh, so I'm going to interrupt your train of thought for a minute. Actually, we're probably going to a music break after this because we're 35 minutes and we want Spain, or not Spain, Spain are beaten, um, <laughs> Croatia, Switzerland and France are on. Yeah, now, yeah, so. yeah. We probably, well, we got it was a great match, I have to say, there that uh, uh, Spain and uh, Croatia. Uh, there's been some great games. Yeah, great games, yeah. fabulous. Football, you know, it really is. It's just a pity Ireland aren't there. Very, ah, we miss it, but, yeah. uh, you know, we're not good enough, seriously. Like, yeah, when you look at some of the football, like, there, it's yeah. just... It's, we're it's not good. We don't have the players like we, like we did, and I don't think they're getting a chance because the Premiership just buying players, they don't... Well, the young, young fellow there, they have to sign him for Wolfsburg after signing the full contract there, so... Yeah, well, we need ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a little, it's little. Ten well, more, ten more. <laughs> three, three decent players, three really good players and eight other uh, half-decent players. Well, we've got goalkeeper. We've two yeah, good we goalkeepers, two three goal goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. So. but, you know, you got to have a team that's class yeah. and uh, that's equal to the class that's around, you know, because, and then to coordinate them all into a good team yeah. is, is a secret. Yeah. So maybe we'll see it someday. Yeah. So, this is for uh, John Aiken, young John Aiken, who, di- course, who yeah, died. Yeah. Uh, so, I think John would have been forty this year. Yeah, so yeah. everything that they have, obviously, have the charity over there called the JMA, which uh, is to do things for various. You know, they f- yeah, fund yeah, various yeah, things yeah. around around Scotland. Um, so, Sean and Dick Keevans, who. Would have been Andrew that you would have used to serve you in John's bar. Oh right, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's their son. Uh, it's Andrew's son, Andrew and Gillian, and uh, 
they are going, it's called John's 40 at Paradise. We'll see Sean and Declan Keevans run around the outside perimeter of Celtic Park 40 times, which is approximately 20 miles, to raise funds for the GMA Trust. The GMA was set up in memory of John Morris Aiken, who lost his battle to cancer and helps charities and groups who need it most up and down the country. This year would have marked John's 40th, so this is a special. Oh, my God. He's a lovely fellow, and he, he, he was over in Edinburgh there for his um, chemo, and um, uh, we were over there a couple of times while he was in that, uh, that facility, and he came down, and what a lovely lad. And uh, sadly, Miss, I couldn't believe, so young. Yeah. We had just lost his dad a couple of years before that, two yeah. years before that. So yeah. it was really, really sad. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he was he was always great fun up at the Wolf Towns concerts, you know. So <clears throat> that's happening on the 10th of July. And anyone can, I'm going to put a link on the, the Rambling Irish uh, podcast page on Facebook but it's at ukmoneygiven.com, John's 40th. Uh, I'll put the, the link up uh, because it's too much to call out. In the meantime, we'll take a... No, we'll finish up, will we? Because we want to go watch the match. Yeah, 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 we've, yeah. We've, we're 36 minutes. Yes. So I'll play out with two songs just because yeah, we're, la- okay. we're lazy fuckers and we want to watch the football. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, we're going to the football. Well, what you got to tell me what you want to play. We'll play one of your songs on the Catalpa song, so I'll pick the Catalpa song. Yeah, now. okay, um... I've I've been working on a, a th- thing at the moment, so yeah, I think if you play um, play the crossing by the Wolf Tones, Tommy sings it there. It's about it's about the many ships and coffee ships that uh, sailed across to um, to America uh, during the awful Gortemor that we had here. Uh, so yeah, you can. Um, yeah, you can play that one, and uh, don't forget uh, anybody who wants the book, uh, you can get on the website there and get the book. I got two x two hundred extra copies done, and uh, they're now back available again. So if you want a copy, get onto our website there, and uh, you'll be able to get a, a copy. And we do. I did get some cards signed by the by the group before uh, we went to the lockup, so they'll stick one of them cards in for you if you request it. And that's a great book, and there's a lot of the stories that yeah, you... full you, of stories, yeah. yeah. And that's where we got the name of this podcast from, of that's course, because right, yeah. it is, you do yeah. ramble in it. It's, and it's a, it's a very, very good quality book. It, it weighs like over a kilo. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, it's it's and a heavy book. It's a heavy book, and the paper is a, paper is like the, the highest quality paper that you can get. And uh, I wanted it to be there, and it'll be there forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Because of the quality of the book, but it is is a little bit expensive. But you know, if you're getting quality, it's well worth it. Who are you cheering for tomorrow night? Uh, who what? Who are you cheering for tomorrow night? The Germans or the England? Well, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a it's an honest question. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I just want to see. I don't follow any team as such. You know, yeah. I just want to see good football. You hate them equally. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see good football. I want to see a tight game. I want to see um, a lot of trills and spills and, you know, go to extra time and put the penalties at the end so we can penalise all the all the English over there. <laughs> so it's, it, that's the way I like to see the game going. Yeah. What about tonight, France or Switzerland? 
Uh, well, France are going to go through. I, I, I have no doubt about that. I don't think uh, the Swiss are equal to the French. And the other game, Ukraine or Sweden? Um, that, that's a tough one. They're equal match there. Um, Sweden, you know, a dark horse there, I think. Yeah, well, okay. I'm cheering on Sweden. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the dark horse. I'm cheering on Sweden. Yeah. So. But anyhow... Um, but I have Italy as the... I put a bet on Italy, a, a tenner. As the winner. At 12 to 1. Yeah, yeah. So. Great side. Yeah, but they, they have to get past Spain now. Yeah, well, you know, the like, it is a, like a the, European Cup and, you know, it's like a cup final or anything, like, surprises. Yeah, but people could say that England are in the easy side of the draw because they'll have Denmark... Who do they have? They have Denmark. Let me see. Whereas on the other side you have Belgium, Italy, and um, and Spain. Yeah, yeah. So England are on the cosy side of the draw. So, well, they could be there or thereabouts. Well, <laughs> and remember, we've got two Irish players there. Out <laughs> of three. You're talking about Declan Rice and Grealish? <laughs> Declan Rice and Grealish. Yeah, Harry Kane, has his father was from Dublin. So we, we could have three. Yeah, so England will... If England beat Germany, they'll be playing either Sweden or Ukraine. And if they win that, they'll be playing either Denmark yeah. or Czech Republic. Well, I definitely don't want to see them winning the whole lot out. Yeah. <laughs> but the other side's much harder because Belgium, Italy... Yeah, France, all, all France, all or Spain, like that's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's tough, tough, tough. That 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 could be the semi final, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll sign off with yeah. uh, the crossing. Actually, we've made it up to forty-one minutes, Dad. So that's great, excellent stuff. And the match is kicked off, and it's ten minutes old, so there's no score. Yeah, we'll just play another couple of. Songs. Oh yeah, you can play Big Brother. I wrote a song about Big Brother. You only get one because Catalpar getting one, so you have to cross on our Big Brother. I'll uh, play Big Brother for a change. Okay. okay. Is that a happy song? Yeah. No, nothing's happy in this <laughs> world. <laughs> You're getting grumpy in your old age writing a lot of grumpy songs. <laughs> big that, Brother's watching you, you see. There has to be another big strong man or something like that down the line. Uh, no? No. Well, Big Brother's different. Yeah, okay. So we play a Big Brother and Catalpa song. What will I go with? Do you know, I'll go with something from the early days, the early Catalpa uh, album. Uh, I'll actually go with the Catalpa song that I wrote. No, that's just, not just from the second album. No, I'll go with the Bloody Crimson Field song about Crow Park and. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good song. Bloody Sunday in Crow Park. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again for listening, and apologies for last week. I was just up to my eyes. I didn't get time to get up to my dad's. And Hard worker man. Yeah, back to getting back to normality. Right, thank the God. matches on. All right. Okay. Go on, you can go. I'm right, bye-bye. Slán, lad. Slán, Kavol. Take care, everybody. Hopefully, talk to you next week if my dad doesn't head off to Spain. <laughs> Good luck. Bye-bye. Sad and lonely days for Ireland Our people shipped across the ocean wide They left their footsteps by the harbour wall 
and their dreams are in the hills and the cabins that were home in the fields and in the towns of Ireland in our hearts we always will remember all oh, the tragedy the hunger the death and pain In our hearts we always will remember All the millions that were lost All the lives that it cost In those ships, those coffin ships Those ships of tears In overcrowded ships not fit for people The angel of death that cast its hungry eye For many will die upon the ocean deep And the children's hungry pleas From the thirst and disease In those ships, those coffin ships Those ships of tears In our hearts we always will remember Oh, the tragedy, the hunger, the death and pain In our hearts we always will remember All the millions that were lost All the lives that it cost In those ships, those coffin ships Those ships of tears Park and ten 
private soldiers might arrive to avenge their fallen comrades and take some innocent lives and when the shoes then stop. Forty innocents they lay dead on a bloody sporting field had turned the crimson red and Crowbark it fell silent as the tanty drove away on a bloody Innocence, they lay dead on a bloody sporting field. I turned the crimson 